This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. them and and it would seem from the way this is written that the apostles went to the Lord and said okay you know father these are the men that the body says they trust and Lord if if there's one of them here that you know something that we don't know then you know let us know but otherwise Lord would you empower them would you guide them and give them wisdom and would you bless them as we entrust to them this responsibility to, to handle you know, this benevolence ministry. God had some serious requirements for the believers that would simply be chosen to wait on tables. As Pastor Robert continues his teaching through the book of Acts, he'll be reminding us that we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit, even in things we think are menial. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. chapter 6 here, the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Listen, we're not going to stop studying and praying and and teaching the Word in order to to be waiters here. We can't do that. We're doing what God has given us to do. This is is what He's given us to do, and and this is His priority for us, and, and we can't stop that. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you Seven men of good reputation. Now, this is, this is a, a model. You need to understand it's a model for the church to, to live by. You know, when you come with a complaint or an observation, you need to understand the leadership's going to put it right back on you. We can't do everything. We're not called to do everything. They came and said, there's a problem here. Our widows are being neglected. Okay, you know what? Then here's what we need to do. You need to look around. You know one another. You know the other people in the family um, the, the 12 of us can't know the thousands of you that well. And, and so what you need to do is look around and you choose seven men that you know to be honest, men of integrity, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, men that we can count on, men that if we delegate this responsibility to them, they're, they're, they're going to carry it out faithfully. And then you bring them to us so that we can appoint them to do just that. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So they they brought these seven men to them, 
Interesting that they all had Greek names. I think that's just the wisdom of God. You know, they, they looked around and they're like, okay, it's the Greek widows that feel like they're being shortchanged. So, you know, let's identify some men of integrity from among that Hellenist community and let them be the ones in charge. And that way we don't, you know, we, we, we can eliminate the appearance of uh, preferential treatment here and, and just handle it that way. And they, and they brought them and, and it would seem from the way this is written that the apostles went to the Lord and said, okay, you know, Father, these are the men that the body says they trust. And Lord, if, if there's one of them here that you know something that we don't know, then, you know, let us know. But otherwise, Lord, would you empower them? Would you guide them and give them wisdom? And would you bless them as we entrust to them this responsibility to, to handle, you know, this benevolence ministry, this uh, service ministry? Lord, we're going we're gonna to give them the responsibility to wait on tables. They took it that seriously. And after having prayed, they laid hands on them. Now listen, there's nothing mystical about that. Nothing miraculous about it. This was simply an expression, a symbolic identification. More detail about, about all of this. But today, what I want us to look at is Stephen. The first one that's mentioned there is they, they simply commission Stephen and the others to go and wait on tables with integrity, with wisdom, in the power of the Holy Spirit, to go and serve practically. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, remember, Stephen's not an apostle. He's, he's a waiter. God's using him to do miracles. Then there arose some from what's called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Then they secretly induced men to say, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him into the council. Now remember that this is talking about the Sanhedrin, you know, this council of 70 plus the high priest. So you've got 70 to 80 men, the same group that that arrested Jesus and you know, had him crucified, the same group that then went after Peter and, and John. And, you know, this is an intimidating group, the, the leaders of the nation. And now they're dragging Stephen in front of them. Verse 13 says, they also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place, talking about the temple and the law. For we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. Then the high priest said, are these things so? Now, another little footnote, face of an angel. What do you think about when you think of the face of an angel? The pictures are usually the picture of, you know, just a sweet little, you know, baby face, tranquil, serene at peace, right? I remember the, reading this for the first time, you know, that that's, that was the picture I got. They're just coming against him and they're, you know, making these accusations and, and Stephen is just totally calm, totally at peace, totally chilled out. That doesn't really fit the context though. You know, anywhere you read about somebody seeing an angel in the scripture, there's nothing peaceful and tranquil about it. Usually they're falling on their face in terror. And when you read, when you read, what we're going to look at next week, you know, the bulk of chapter 7, 
Stephen kind of lays into them. Doesn't even answer their charges. You know, the high priest, is this true? These things so? And it seems like Stephen ignores the question. And with respect and humility, just goes after them. I think there was not so much that calm, peaceful little baby face that they were looking steadfastly upon that day. I think maybe there was some fire in his eyes as he responded. We're going to skip most of chapter 7, but look at verse 54. Like I said, we'll come back to Stephen's sermon next week. But verse 54 says, When they heard his sermon, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Now, we don't really know what that means either. You know, I doubt seriously they were all chewing on him. But it wasn't a good thing. That's pretty clear. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. What a picture. Imagine, surrounded by Congress, and all of a sudden, everybody in there freaks out. They start screaming at you, cover their ears so that they can't hear what you're saying, and now they're coming after you. It's like a riot. That's what's taking place here. Amazing. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he'd said this, he fell asleep. Now Saul was consenting to his death. Wow. You know, there's several things that when you think about Stephen, when you look at this, that that are worth considering. One that has to be mentioned and has to be contemplated is that this, this is the first Christian to die for his faith. Stephen, the first one to be martyred for following Christ. That's always significant. Anytime you find you know, a, a first mention or the first incidence of something in Scripture, you need to pay attention to it. There's always a lot there to, to draw from it, a lot to learn, a lot that you can pull out, principles that can be taken away. There's significance in the fact this was the first one. There's significance in the fact that for some reason, God selected Stephen for this privilege. And that's what it is. That's what it is. It's an honor. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast.
Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.